Hi, and welcome to Friends of Brother Adam. My name is Dennis, and I'll be your host for this evening. Tonight, we're going to be talking about uh, performing some field work. <clears throat> this is going to come from Bravo 5, B5. Um, and the task that we're going, to, we're going to be talking about today is moving occupied hives around in a bee yard. <clears throat> but before we get to that, let me go through our our normal way of finding us. You can find me on odyssey.com at Friends of Brother Adam. And you can find me um, also on Anchor for temporarily for right now, <laughs> anchor.fm. Um, and again, looking up Friends of Brother Adam. Uh, I'm going to be here for a little bit longer until I find a better home. And then because of the rules of, of uh, Spotify that they just put out, I'm not going to be here that much longer. <laughs> um, also, you can support us by watching Odyssey um, and uh, sending us a little library coin tip. Or you can find the QR code on the splash screen of the podcast you're listening to. This uh, QR code is for Bitcoin, and you can send me some mic- micro bits of Bitcoin. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, again, we're uh, I'm... Uh, <laughs> crowdfunding for my PC that I'm going to be using for uh, video editing. Um, I'm probably about halfway there, so if you guys could help out, I'd really appreciate it. <laughs> and uh, let's get on to our uh, our field uh, routine um, that we're going to be touching on today. <clears throat> so... A lot of times in beekeeping, having the hive in the certain area that it's at um, just doesn't work. <laughs> um, whether it's you've decided it needs to be moved because you're going to be uh, doing some maintenance of the bee yard in that area, whether you've decided it needs to move because it is weaker than the other hives and needs a, needs a break, so you move it to... Uh, um, apiary that uh, doesn't have strong hives or whether it's sick and you need to move your hive to a leper colony so you don't get the rest of your hive sick or if you need to move it because you had somebody who was um, asking for pollination services so you're going to end up having to move your hive to a location where they can have that pollination service. Um, Yeah, there's lots of different reasons that you'd move a hive. Even just cleaning out the hive, um, you know, replacing the bottom board, scraping the dead bees off the bottom board. A lot of times you end up essentially moving the hive just so that you can clean up around the area and and the the hive itself. So there's a lot of different reasons that you might want to move the hive. But uh, now that you've determined you need to move the hive, what needs to happen? So um, we're going to go through a few points of uh, um, things that you should be aware of. And then at the end, maybe we'll talk about some of my really bad experiences with moving hives. (laughs) So let's get to it.
If a beehive is moved during a flow, unless the bees have not been flying for a few days, the bees will usually return to the original site of the hive and form a cluster there um, the next time they are able to fly. Unless the hive is moved several miles, they do not know the way back um, to where the original hive was sitting. So, um, yeah, so you could move it across your yard and put it on the other side of the yard and uh, the bees will fly out and go to get um, pollen and nectar and when they return they use their memory to return and uh, they angle off of the sun and they'll return to the original location of the hive um, so yeah there's some problems with that bees forget location after about three days of confinement so how do you how do you confine bees um, well if you have the uh, the bottom board airport landing area is what I call it um, you can take that landing area and you can put a screen over uh, over the entrance so that the bees can't get out now and and then if you have uh, entrance reducer so a little round circle on there that you can turn to uh, um, just a few holes in it so that you get ventilation but the bees can't leave that that you can do that to confine them but uh, regardless of how you confine them um, if you have crappy unmaintained hives the bees are going to get out the sides of the hives or wherever they feel they want to um, and so that's a good reason for you to have gone through your hives repaired your hives so that they don't have all those little uh, corners that you've busted out because you used your hive tool the wrong way or <laughs> whatever it is um, you know if there's a if there's a reason you need to close your bees up you need to be able to have a hive that is going to allow them to be closed up um, yeah so uh, you can confine them for about three days and then they forget their location if there's another similar looking hive nearby they will usually enter it and be accepted um, so bees when they when they enter a different hive if they come bearing gifts they're usually accepted sometimes if they come and they're they're hanging out on the uh, the doorstep and they hum and buzz all all day long and then nighttime comes and they walk in a lot of times they'll be accepted so uh, yeah they'll they'll if they'll come back to a different hive and try and get in if they if they can um, bees cannot see well enough to navigate at night and most will stay in the hive if it is moved at night but they may return to the former location the next day if they can find it so again what they're saying is if you're making a move make sure it's a big move or make the move and then confine them for a few days vehicle lights or flashlights or a full moon may encourage bees to fly outwards towards the light 
and usually they'll get up in the air and then they'll go oh crap i don't know how to get home <laughs> and then they'll land on something and, and hang on that thing until morning and then they'll fly back to their hive so yeah um so what people usually do to uh remedy that is they get red lenses on their flashlights or they'll they put uh red red uh um um plastic over their their headlights if they're using their headlights to shine up the area so you can get uh red really thin it's almost like saran wrap that has red tint to it and you can get that and put that over your your uh your lights as well and that helps out but um yeah, red lenses can allow people to see at night, but bees cannot see red light. Um, that's also something that they do when they put bees in a quonset over the winter time, is they change out all the lights in the place for red lights so that you can see, but they can't see the, that the light's on so they don't fly out and get into trouble. Hives can usually be moved freely during the day in cool or rainy weather without bees coming out or returning later to the original location. So if there's a reason for them to stay in and snack on honey, they will. And uh, a lot of times you'll get the guard bees that fly out, but usually not too much. Beekeepers um, can use smoke and that helps keep the bees in sometimes <laughs> but sometimes smoke will not work and too much smoke will drive the bees out and cause problems so with smoke what you're doing is you're um, defeating their communication so they can't use their pheromones to talk back and forth so they can't say danger danger and send the guard bees all out to attack whoever is moving their hive um, so yeah, the smoke does help a little bit with the communication block, but um, regardless, they, they, you can use too much smoke as well. Um, beekeepers often move hives around in the yard to straighten it up, fill in gaps when there's not a major flow on, but serious problems do occur with drifting. Um, and in knowing that, you can also use the drifting to your advantage. So um, a lot of times what beekeepers will do in order to um, equalize their colonies, if they see a colony that is really weak, um, a lot of times what they'll do is they'll find their strongest hive and they'll wait until uh, midday when all the bees are out foraging and they'll take that strong hive and change spots with the weak hive. So they'll just swap the two out. And then the weak hive will receive all of the workers, all of the, the hunters and gatherers, and they'll come in and they'll drop off their honey and then they'll stay. And so um, um, you're able to increase the working, uh, the work crew of a hive by switching areas, just knowing that this does happen. It, it helps you out as well. Um, hives should not be moved when a major flow is on and bees are flying freely 
especially in spring since some hives will be badly depleted and others will become too large from drifting that will result. So, um, and I've made several mistakes. I've forgotten that during the day, most of the bees are out of the hive and uh, they only keep enough bees in the hive to um, take care of the brood. And so um, in on hotter days, a lot of times, instead of just half going out to forage and half staying in the hive, they will literally send three quarters of the hive out because they don't need to do anything but uh, fan and keep the brood a little bit cool because it's really, really hot. And so I've opened up a hive and went, oh my gosh, look at this. There's nobody here. This hive is failing. Oh my gosh. And so I'll close up the hive and I'll make some decisions about, you know, either joining the hive or moving the hive or doing something. And then when evening comes and the workforce comes back home, um, then I'll realize my mistake. <laughs> so um, do be aware that when you're assessing a hive for moving that uh, your workforce and the major amount of bees go out during the day. And uh, so if you're making decisions about where hives should be, those decisions should be made early morning or late evening so that you can take a look at the real amount of bees in the hive so that you don't, you know, get yourself in trouble that way. And like they say, when there's a major flow, um, all the bees are out working, bringing in honey and stuff. So um, a, a large majority of them are out there. So usually when a major flow is on, you don't want to interrupt them. You want to let them do their job and uh, stand back and, and wait for that, that honey money to be pouring in there, right? So <laughs> we don't want to, we don't want to mess with them then. Uh, when bees <clears throat> must be moved in daylight and bees are flying freely, some bees will obviously let be left behind. And in that case, smart beekeepers leave a catch hive or two containing some cones and brood and lots of room to catch the stragglers. So they don't have a queen in there. So essentially what you're doing is a mechanical swarm without a queen in there. And so when the bees come back, they augment that split that you've made and uh, they realize within a very short time that they don't have a queen. And so then they stay because of the brood and they decide they wanna make a queen. So that's a win-win that's a right there. This prevents loss of bees and also prevents problems with landowners and the public. Now let's talk about uh, seasons and moving bees in seasons. Okay, so we, we just talked about during a flow, we don't want to move the bees. Um, what about winter? You know, when you, when you have um, a break in the winter, like, like what we do here in Alberta, we have uh, Chinooks. And a Chinook is when um, all of the snow melts and you can have like plus 10, plus 15 days. And then the next day after that, you can have a minus 15 day. So, um, and a, a lot of times <laughs> beekeepers will think, oh, well, it's warm. I'll just crack the seal on this uh, um, hive and uh, see how they're doing. And, and I got to do some manipulations because of this, that, or the other thing. And they'll do that 
and the bees they'll disturb the the cluster because the bees aren't ready to be moving but you'll disturb the cluster and they won't be able to get back into cluster in time for the minus 15 that comes the next day that you're not expecting <laughs> so that's that's a bad thing to do you know and if you have to move hives for some strange reason um moving them in the winter even if it's chinooking is not a good idea uh and and i'll i'll close this off with an experience um <clears throat> a lot of you guys know that i got uh i i've been divorced several times <laughs> um and uh wife number two and i call her number two because well because of number two <laughs> um and uh we were um having a rocky time but uh one of her cousins um and i'll out him here because what a effing asshole this guy was um his name is jackson um and action jackson uh had offered me a place for a main bee yard. And, and at the time I was looking for a main bee yard because I had, you know, I was getting on 30 hives and, and I needed a place to move the bees in the fall and have them overwinter in an area that was kind of enclosed in a, in a rather large fence area. And so Jackson had um an area that he wasn't using and and uh because his uh cousin my ex-wife uh was um talking about about my bees and everything he said yeah bring them along and you know you can teach me a little bit of something and you know share crop and give me some honey and and you can be here and you know we'll we'll enter into an agreement with a handshake and everything like that and i said well you know i'd like to you know get a, a contract going he says yeah yeah we'll do that no problem so i moved my bee shack there and uh set up my hives there and man it was going great um solved some problems you know i needed electricity so i ended up going and buying myself a, a brand new Jenny so that I could have some electricity out there. And so, you know, I'd grab my kids and we'd go out and I'd put them in bee suits and they'd come around and help me feed bees and, you know, stick their heads in the hives. And, and uh, when they got tired, they'd go into the shack and I had some fans in there and of course the generator so that they could run the fans and, oh, it was great times. And, you know it was it was working for us and uh i brought the bees back um in the fall and uh um in that particular area uh you need to make decisions in the fall or late spring because um of you know rain and everything if the place gets wet there's just no moving anything like you can't even like drive your vehicle in in this area so that was another little hindrance we we fixed it um the place that we were in was an old buffalo pen and uh buffalo you have to have 
really high thick fences so they don't get spooked and everything so it worked out perfect like it was this was the best place that i'd ever been for a main bee yard so i was just loving it well um the uh marriage number two kind of self-destructed um and uh um number two was rather the cause of things that <laughs> self-destructing and so um, I started thinking about my business thing with uh, Jackson. I started saying, "Oh yeah, I got to get a, I got to get a, a B contract so that you know things don't get messy." So I asked him about a B contract, and he says, "Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get the B contract." And I said, "Okay, now listen, um, your cousin and I are having some marital issues, and." Um, I need to know whether or not you're going to be able to uh, keep your word and, and have me there um, until spring at least. And he says, oh, no problem. I don't see any problem. Um, you know, he cares for his cousin type of thing, but, you know, it shouldn't be a problem. Well, damn it. <laughs> I should have thought about it a little bit more. Um, knowing number two and, and how, how, how do I say this nicely? How manipulative and, and how she wants everybody on her team to hate who she wants them to hate type of thing. Well, um, yeah, so she started stirring the bucket and, um, me and her had split up and we'd separated and I'd made it understood to her that yeah we were done <laughs> and it wasn't going to get any better with any time that goes by we were just done and and it was time for the divorce well um Axon Jackson came to me and said hey why don't we uh why don't you make up that contract and I'll sign the contract and, and uh, you know, things will be great. And so I spent three days typing up a contract so it would be, you know, beneficial to him and beneficial to me and, and you know, everything would be protected. And I walked into the, the restaurant that we were going to have a business lunch and, and then talk, talk turkey and sign the papers and whatever else. And I walked in and he was sitting there already and already had his food. And I was like, that's strange. So I sat down, we, we chatted a little bit and uh, he handed me lawyer papers <laughs> from my ex, from number two and said, uh, you've been served and said, um, I want your bees off my property as soon as possible. Well, it was... Uh, I think it was November and I, I said to him I, I can't move my bees until spring he says no as soon as possible and if you don't get them off I'm going to confiscate the equipment and everything there and that's just that and I said shit <laughs> so Jackson the wonderful guy who uh you know, was okay with a handshake and a, and, a, and his his word of honor. All of a sudden, that wasn't good enough, and he wanted me gone. So, 
I had to bite the bullet. I was either going to lose all of my equipment and the bees and uh, everything else that was there, or I had to move it. And uh, we had a Chinook um, that was happening during that time. So I thought, well, uh, got to do this. So I very carefully went and moved every single beehive and um, very slowly drove so that the temperature wouldn't go down on the bees or anything. Got to the new apiary, unloaded the bees, and wouldn't you know it, because of Axon Jackson, I lost all 30 fucking hives. <laughs> oh. So I guess, you know, there's two or three lessons that can be learned from that. First of all, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't put all your hives at one apiary. Even if, you know, it's the best apiary ever and it's your home apiary, don't do it. Leave some of your hives at some of the other places because of this. <laughs> you just can't tell. Second, don't move your hives in the middle of the winter, even if it's like, you know, warming up to plus 10. Don't do it. You're going to kill your hives. And I think the last one is make sure you got a contract, a tight, airtight contract with the people that are hosting your bees because they can put you out of business. So that's my story. Um, and uh, sorry for the swear words, but um, here's another one. Fuck you, Jackson. And I hope to never have to deal with you again. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and any chance that I get to badmouth that mother sucker, um, I will. I definitely will. I'm a forgiving person, but you know what? 30 hives, that's a fuckload of money. And, uh, yeah, that nearly put me out of business. I, it took me several years to start recovering from that, but, uh, and I'm still not totally recovered. So <laughs> learn from my mistakes. Uh, forgive me for my, uh, my, uh, military tongue there. And, uh, yeah. So anyways, that was uh, B5 perform routine field work. Um, moving hives around the bee yard and, and across town type of thing. So from bee yard to bee yard. Um, I really appreciate you guys listening. If you have any questions, comments, or uh, anything like that, please email me at fatbeehoneyranch at gmail.com. Um, and uh, yeah, I really hope that you guys learn from my experiences because I've had some doozies, like things that should have put me out of business, things that should have turned me off on the whole entire thing. But I'm still here. I'm still kicking. So you guys can too. Learn from my mistakes. All right. We'll talk with you later.